Um, I want to encourage you also that uh, as pastor has been talking ever since I've met him, sickness and disease is in this earth. Poverty and lack is in this earth. But we don't have to be participants of it, either of them. So I want to encourage you. Here's a short testimony of mine. You, some of you have heard it before. But I had my back, I, something went on. I think it was sciatica, whatever it was. Uh, I, I um, was at the men's home one afternoon, and this has been, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. And my back, I just went out, I almost fell. And that would have been a big fall. <laughs> and so anyway, I made it home. And uh, to make a long story short, I was bent over here like this for, I don't know, three weeks. And I went to work. I continued to go to work because in my mind, God told me something. And even though it had manifested, I was, I was like this. And I don't know how many of you were around. We were over on Main Street and Mooney at the church there. And uh, I, I'd never missed a service. Bent over and in pain because God told me something. You told me that you were my healer. And I continued to walk around like that, but I kept speaking the word of God. I never told anybody, I guess, except my wife, how much excruciating pain that I was in. And then pastor comes and says, I need you to minister. I'm going to India or wherever he was going, maybe to Africa. And I'm saying, nah, this man don't see that I'm all bent over. But he's my pastor. So I gladly accept it. And I stood before the congregation just like this, ministering the word of God. And I cannot tell you when it happened. But at some point, I stood erect because he is God. And this is without medication. And this is without surgery. This is God. If we don't put our hope in what God has said, what are we hoping on? What are we hoping for? You have to ask yourself. We sit in church every single week, right? And if, we're, if the word of God is not challenging and motivating us, then you need to ask yourself, why are you here? I can tell you why I'm here. I'm encouraged in my inner man. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. And then beside that, God, uh, this is where I'm supposed to be. And we know that when you're where you're supposed to be, your life flourishes. Amen. Praise the Lord. I got another word. Let's resist the devil. You, you want a picture of what that looked like? I got one. Actually, I got several. I've been arrested a time or two. And I remember arresting, being, being resistant to that arrest. And you know what happened? I was tackled down until they could manually Strap me down. Let's resist the devil. And the Bible declares what? He has to flee. If there's no arresting or resisting, there's no fleeing. Praise the Lord. He is God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I forgot to give them my list of scriptures. Well, okay, uh, let's turn over the first scripture we got this morning. is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's get some text to this. Praise the Lord. You want to? Thank you, brother. 
We're going to cross a few intersections in the Word of God today, so just bear with and make sure you uh, don't cross no red lights, and uh, we should be fine. Amen? Amen? The title of this message is a good one, because what I, just, just, just personally, I realize that the only person that can give up my God is me. That's the, only, that's the only person. Now what the devil does is he, he's, he's crafty. He'll come and send little things in your way. Pastor calls them fires. And they get you sidetracked instead of keeping your focus on God. And Jesus is saying, look here, brother. Look here, son. Okay, what? Okay. The title of this message, let me give it to you. Don't allow the enemy... To steal your God. God can't be stolen, but he can be stolen from me and you. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians, you there? Forget my own text. Now, all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed unless he falls. All right, let's, let's push on. Forget my introduction. I'm excited about God's word. You know, in this country, we, we uh, memorialize everything. Uh, Fourth of July, Independence Day, just everything is memorialized, you know. I think personally, I think this is a country of holiday. They should have called this Holiday USA. <laughs> yeah, seriously, we, we, I, I know some people that take their birthdays off. And this is done, you know, for us to remember, and I, I get it. I, we, we need to keep a running log. Don't forget the, just the two verses that we read, because they're going to they're they're play a very vital part in this message today to you. Uh, and I get it. It's to memorialize everything that's taken place. And we do it personally. We got personal birthdays and little things that we do, you know, and you probably do in your house as well. And every year you, you celebrate them. You know, my mother passed away in, in 2000, and she has a grave marker. Um, I don't go and visit, because I know where my mother is. But some of my siblings that may think she's still there, they go out and put flowers there and everything. You know, I know where it's at. And it's, it's a memorial. It's, it's fair to cause the people to remember where she is and when she died and all of those things. But I want to share with you today that um, there is something that we ought to be memorializing. Praise the Lord. You know, yesterday I just memorialized something. I was sitting at the table reading the word and talking to God, and uh, I had taken some steaks out of the freezer and letting them thaw, and they had thawed a little bit, so I got up and went over to the sink and cleaned them. I'm at home by myself. It's just me and God. And I uh, put them in the sink, rinsed them off, and I wanted them to just air dry, so I left them in there. But it came to my mind, knowing the message is coming. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're awesome. I took the kosher salt and set it on the sink, because Peter... 
I get so wrapped up in this, I forget all about them steaks. <laughs> It'd be probably the next morning, uh, she'll probably find them and ask me what I'm doing or whatever. But anyway, I'm sitting at the table, 45 minutes later, and sure enough, it slipped my mind. But the kosher salt was sitting on the counter where I left it. And when I saw the kosher salt, it reminded me that I got some steaks, some meat in the, in the sink. You guys are looking at me uh, in very, very astute, which is awesome, because this is going somewhere. Trust what I'm telling you. All right. Praise the Lord. Let's turn over to Romans 15.4. Praise the Lord. You know, we ought to be excited about the word of God. Uh, when we read it, when we're being taught, when we study it, we should be excited about the word of God. Well, I'm going to tell you mine. I am. Because who could have saved somebody like me if it wasn't God? My mother, as much as I know she loved me, she couldn't save me. And some of you, as much as you love me, you couldn't save me. Y'all supposed to nod your head? Yeah. You could not save me. So only God could have saved Peter. You there yet? Yeah. Romans 15, 4. For whatever things were written before were written for you. Yeah. Was written for our learning. That we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Don't let nobody steal your God. All right, we're moving right along because this is going somewhere as I promised you. Let's go over to Exodus chapter 17. You there? Say amen. amen. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book. And recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek, Amalek from under heaven. Verse 15. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner, or Jehovah Nisi. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. 1 Samuel 15. I want to share with you really quickly a little backstory so we are all on point. The Amalekites were the descendants of Esau. We all know who Esau is. Amalek was the grandson of Esau. And he was hostile against the Israelites. Do you know anybody hostile to you? Especially if you use that name Jesus. The Old Testament, it is said, and I believe it, that it is Jesus Christ concealed. The New Testament is Jesus Christ revealed. God swore to destroy them, and you can find that in Deuteronomy chapter 5. We're not going to go there. But that's where that is. And also in Exodus chapter 17. They, a little backstory, the, the 
Amalekites came up behind the Israelites after they came through the Red Sea. And they targeted the weak, the lame, and those people that couldn't keep up, you know, as they trekked through. And it was from that point on that God said, you know what, I'm going to destroy you for what you did. I want you to understand something that the devil is portrayed here in the Old Testament. Because this was devil's doing. And God has told each and every one of us that we can put our foot on Satan's neck. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Somebody listening. That we have authority over Satan. Praise the Lord. Did you know that what God said to the Israelites, to his next king coming, and we're going to get there too, because I mentioned Saul a moment ago, and it was an amazing thing that people, the people chose Saul. Praise the Lord. God is awesome, because some of us, just like I mentioned earlier, we come to church, and we're not here because we want to see a miracle in our life. We're here because other, somebody told us to come. And you can clearly see it, because there is actually no There is no groove when God starts moving. When he starts moving, we ought to all get into the flow of it. You understand? Because the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if he's moving, I'm going to get over in that move so I can be cleaned and made whole. Oh, that's a good word. That's a good word. I'm going to amen myself. Did you know that at this moment in your life right now, you will have the ability to utterly destroy your enemy? And our enemies today are not necessarily people. Sickness, disease, counterfeit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We have the ability to destroy the works of the enemy. You know, I like that, that pastor was ministering and he was talking about all of the fires. I thought sitting there listening to him and watching, because I'm, I'm one of the visual people. When I read, I want to see it. And I, and I do. So as he was talking, I, I saw the fires in my own life. And you stump and try to get this one out and get this one out. And you jump over here and try to get this one And you use two feet to get this one out. And here they are. They pop up again. That's a ploy of the devil. If we can just keep our eyes single, just keep that focus on God, he'll heal everything that's broken. <laughs> if we could just get a picture of it, if we can just get a picture of it. Amen. Let's go over really quickly to 1 Samuel chapter 4. Yes, I heard a man in the back. Thank you, Jesus. Do you feel encouraged? Yes. Let me talk to this section over here. Do you feel encouraged? Yes. Because I want you to know something, that while you're feeling encouraged, the devil has an outright, outright assault on you. Don't think he doesn't. But what I've been learning from Pastor David is that if I get my ammunition right now, if I start building up the capacity 
to withstand now while the peace is here? While I'm not really, nothing really major is going on? Then when it starts happening over here, I'm going to know exactly what to do. If you don't know, uh, the time is, is, is changing very rapidly. You see all of the sickness and stuff going on? Trust me when I tell you, that's not just this season. That's not the seasonal thing. It's the ploy of the enemy. Because for us, the, those of us that are sitting in this room right now, and you feeling a certain kind of way, or those that's at home feeling a certain kind of way, what the devil has assigned to that is your focus. And not only sickness, hurt, pain, something somebody said or done to you, he uses all of it. He uses it all. Because ain't none of it good. It ain't none of it from God. Because God wants to get us over into that promised land. Amen. You made it there yet? Uh, now this is going to be a pretty lengthy read here, but stay with me. I might make some stops in between, get some ice cream or something. You like that, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. And the, the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer. And the Philistines encamped in Aphek. Verse 2, then the Philistines put themselves in battle array against, the, against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was defeated. By the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men of the army in the field. Wouldn't that be something you think or believe that you're ready for battle? And then the battle comes only for you to find out that you've been beat up because you wasn't ready. We, we, we've had a perfect opportunity to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. So when the enemy does come, we stand, yeah, and he's coming, and we can stand together as one and beat him like he stole your Christmas tree last year. Praise the Lord. Verse 3. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated? And then we blame it on God. Isn't that just like us as people? Soon as something bad happened, we, we shift gears. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, why did you let that happen to me? Yeah. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of Covenant. Oh, no, they got, somebody got some good news. Now, I'll tell you what we need to do. Let's get the presence of God back in the house. Check it out. Listen, listen to this. Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant to the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of the enemy. Verse 4, so the people sent to Shiloh that, it, that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, 
who dwells between the cherubim and the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas. And by the way, they were downright crooked. They were crooked preachers. I just had to make sure I bring you up to speed what they're doing and who they're inviting to this party. Between the cherubim and the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, were there at the Ark of the Covenant of God. Verse 5, and when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted loud to the, until the, that the earth shook. You know, uh, I like shouting loud when it comes to God. I don't know how many of you hear me. I'm not, that's not the reason that I shout. I shout because I have a memorial in my mind of all the things that God has brought me through. And that's the reason that I yell at the top of my voice, you are God. You are God, and there's none other. But I want you to take close, pay close attention to this. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. That was a loud yell. We got to give it to them for that. But what did they shout? Just yell? It's a question, ain't it? What did they shout? Because the rest of this story gets interesting. Verse 6. Now when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does that sound, this great sound mean in the camp of the Hebrews? Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. Now listen to this. It gets very, very visual. So the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God has come into their camp. And they said, woe unto us, for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us, verse 8, who will deliver us from the hand of this mighty gods, of these mighty gods. These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues of the wilderness. Verse 9. Be strong and conduct yourselves like men. Now this is the Philistines talking. That you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. Conduct yourself. Stand up straight. Look like a soldier so we can fight. This is the Philistines talking. Verse 10. So the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated. Again. What, where did we go wrong? Oh, it gets better. Watch this here. There was a very great slaughter. And there fell that day 30,000 foot soldiers. So you put that with the four? That's 34,000 men had died. So my question. Do you think that they shouted something wrong? You know, the Bible is clear, especially in the Old Testament, especially with David and all of the Psalms that he wrote. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. Look to the hills from which cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord, who neither sleeps nor slumber. There is a countless 
word that we have, when you lift up your voice, you are to lift up your voice to God. I believe that they shouted, but they wasn't shouting to God. They were probably elated that, that the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, returned to camp. But what I find interesting is what happened next. Verse 10, no, verse 9, let me finish reading that. The Philistines, that they do not be servants like the Hebrews, as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. Did you know sin speaks? Sin has a voice. Otherwise, we wouldn't react to it. Okay, maybe that was above. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. No, I can't leave that alone. You know the word of God is sure? It's absolute. He said, do this, do this, do this, do this. This is God speaking. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you do this, you do that, you do this, you're going to succeed. No matter what it looks like, just keep following me. And then all of a sudden you hear a voice. Now that voice could come from a person. And it contradicts or go against the word of God that he gave you. That's sin speaking. Amen. Verse 11. I told you it gets better. Also, they didn't only defeat the Israelites. Guess what they did? Also, the ark of God was captured. They took their God. They took to God. Man, you just beat us all up, man. You're going to take my God too? Can you leave something? And God was captured. And the two sons, listen to this. And the two sons of Eli and Hopni and Phinehas died. Verse 12. Then a man of Benjamin ran from the battle line that same day and came to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. You know the circumstances and situations going on in our life right now? It has the ability, if we allow it, to take your God. And what I mean by that? I mean that if you're looking so much at your situation that you ain't calling on the name of God, if you're talking so much about your situation and you're not talking to God, if you're not down on your knees, lifting his name up, saying, no, Lord, I know this is just a season, but it's going to pass. So I'm going to lift your name and glorify you until it do. If we're not doing that, that situation has the propensity to take your God. But I stand before you today and tell you, just keep on thanking him. Just keep on praising him. And you know another thing too? I'm one big person on getting rid of people I don't need. I'm big on it. <laughs> I'm sorry, that didn't sound so Christian, did it? <laughs> you know people, you know, we all going through something, correct? He's, pastor's so true. You know, I, I, trust me, I talk to people every day 
And it seems like everybody wants to glorify what they're going through. I'm talking about Christians. You know, you can expect that from the heathens, right? You can expect that from the Philistines and the Amalekites. You can expect that from them, right? Because they don't have a clue who Jesus is. But when you talk to Christians and they're talking about their this, that, and the other, I'm like, where are you going, Brother Peter? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to call you when I get to <laughs> You know, our, our situations in life. I'm here to encourage you. That's all this is about here for me. I want you to understand that. For somebody like myself that had no clue, no hope of ever being free from drugs or prison, I am here telling you with my mouth, situated in my spirit, that God is. I stand before you today, right this moment, because of God. Yes. And I'm not stupid. I realize that. Yes. Guess what? It gets better for us. The Israelites had perfect opportunity to declare the word of God in that moment when they shouted. But they didn't do that. What they did is just let out a shout. I do believe that if uh, I, I, I got myself in a, a, a quagmire and I said, Lord, save me, Lord, save me, I believe at that very moment he would save me. I truly believe that. Why? The word of God says so that he will never leave me nor forsake me. He will always create a way to escape. But if you ain't looking to escape, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Understand this. That as a counselor, I realize that there is a jacket that comes with certain dilemmas in people's lives. In other words, if you're a needy person and someone is trying to tell you you can be free from being needy, well, this is a nice looking jacket of being needy on me and I'm going to keep this jacket. I'll see about working on that though. Do you understand that? But the Bible says that he who the son has set free yeah, we have to shed the world. We have to take the world off. It does not work. It cannot work. It has not worked. I'm a witness. We have to shed. Praise the Lord. The Philistines, what they represent today is an invader, an imposter, a trespasser. So anything that's invading, trespassing, invade, invading, trespassing. What was the third one? Intruder. I didn't use that one. Anything that's intruding in your life, and that could be sickness. That could be the lack of money. Whatever it is, intruding, because your God has told you something about you. Anything that looks opposite of what God has said is an intruder, trespasser, and in, invader. And we got every right. The Bible says that if we... That if we declare a thing, it's established. So you got to ask yourself a question. What are you declaring? Because that's what's going to be established. 
Let me say it again for effect. Whatever we're declaring will be established. And because God made us in his image, everything that we say is going to be fulfilled. Everything. Jesus, uh, God said in Isaiah 55, so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. We have words too. And this is the word we should be speaking. I hate that that clock is there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I hear you, Pastor, you just to keep me in check. Can I suggest something else to you before we close? Don't let what you're looking at cause you to run. Don't allow what you're looking at to cause you to run. No, you stand up and, and fight. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. Be encouraged. Praise the Lord. Verse 12. Then a man of Benjamin ran from the battle line the same day and came to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. It sounds like another scripture over in Acts. That the devil tried to cast out the devil. Seven sons of Sceva. We're not going to win without God. It's the name of Jesus that pastor is talking about. As a matter of fact, I think he's picking up on this Wednesday. It is the name of Jesus that we have been given authority. It has been given to us to use in faith, understanding exactly what that name represents and what that name is that's going to cause the devil to run. So don't run from your situation. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's stand.